Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Influence, where you'll hear professional speakers discussing their signature talks and how they educate, motivate, and inspire their audiences around the world. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by the Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakerskilledusa.com. Well, good morning. I'm Deborah Simpson coming to you from San Diego, California. If any of our listeners are on Twitter, and especially if you're a professional speaker, I'd appreciate you hitting that tweet this button and let your followers know about the show. If you have a question, you can feel free to call in. Our number is 516-595-8125. And if you like the show, you can always follow the show by tapping the Follow Us button on the show page. And of course, you can always keep up with us via iTunes. Today, my guest is Joy Chang. She is the queen of transformational book publishing. She's also very passionate about helping people write and publish their books so that they can make the income and the impact that they desire and deserve. She believes that when we share our stories, we heal ourselves, and therefore we also heal the world. Joy is a Patrick Snow certified publishing coach, international best-selling author, professional keynote speaker, mentor, healer, circle facilitator, and a trained yoga teacher. She is the best-selling author of The Naked Truth, a woman's journey to self-love about her personal journey of healing herself naturally from deep depression and suicidal thoughts through self-love. Joy is also a featured author in the number one international best-selling book, Being Unapologetic by David DiGiorgio, and will be featured in the upcoming book, Success, It Is All BS by Stephen De La Cruz. She's the host of her own podcast, The Naked Truth Movement, where she interviews guests who are willing to share inspiring stories, stories and be vulnerable so less people feel alone. She's also been interviewed on over 27 podcasts, including The Conscious Millionaire with millions of listeners all over the world. Joy, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Deborah. Oh, it's my pleasure. And so... I know that you've been doing a, a lot of training. I know David very well, and um, I, I just don't get down there because it's so far down south from uh, up north here in North San Diego County. But when you're out there speaking, how do you describe your speaking style? Yeah, so I would say that my speaking style is um, very authentic and relatable, um, I like to share stories because I know that that's what people really, you know, relate to and remember. Um, yeah, so that, that's how I describe my speaking style. And I also like to give some, you know, tips, things that um, the audience can take away and use in their life. Yeah, how long have you been speaking now? Um, for about a year, at least professionally. Oh, that's Yeah. That's great. That's great. So what do you think sets you apart from other speakers? Um, well, kind of what I said, you know, um, with the last question, but similar, I, I would say that um, my willingness to be authentic, to be vulnerable, um, to like my book, you know, The Naked Truth, to tell the truth and not be afraid of calling people out or just being honest about, you know, about what I'm seeing and um, 
So that, that sets me apart. And what is your signature, your signature talk? What is that entitled and what is it about and what do you want to convey to people and help them with during that signature talk? Yeah, so the, my talk is, um, you know, it's about sharing your story. It's about the power of us um, believing that we all have a story and, um, and using it to inspire other people to share theirs. And did you have a spe- specific reason? I know when, so when I was younger, way, way, way before you were here, <laughs> in the early <laughs> 80s, I was at a women's conference, and I thought uh, there was a gal who was introducing the art of speaking to conferences, and I really resonated with that, the ability to be able to speak out there and share so much. So through the years, I've always used speaking as a way to market my business and by sharing things. So, you know, kind of what drives me to speak is, um, you know, to be empowering other women to understand a lot of the technology because in my generation, uh, the technology that we see today is a little harder for um, women of my age as I'm a boomer um, to be able to tackle it. So I always like sharing that kind of information with people. And so what are the different topics that you speak about when you're out and about? Um, so I speak about um, suicide prevention because that's a part of my story. Um, I also speak about, you know, using your story and for entrepreneurs and how to um, use that and share your story and publish your book um, to grow your business, to grow your impact and your income. So um, what is your story? Stuff. Because you talked uh, about you talked about suicide and that being part of your story, and I think that's a great uh, topic to share with people so that they know that there's help and a way out of that. So is mm-hmm. is that what your yeah. your story is? Your signature talk? Yeah, so that's that's a part of definitely a big part of my story. So I was in my twenties when I went through um, years of depression and suicidal thoughts. Um, and then I ended up in an abusive relationship, and it was at that point, it was like the blessing really in disguise, you know, and the turning point where I realized that I really didn't love myself, Um, because until that point, I hadn't had that awareness, and life was actually good, you know, up until that point where I had a good job, I had family and friends that cared about me, and I had a boyfriend, and, um, and then, you know, I ended up in that relationship, and then that's when that awareness came to me, and then I made the decision and said, I need to end this relationship, and I need to learn to love myself. And after I made the decision, the universe started bringing those opportunities into my life to help me learn to love myself. Um, so that's basically, you know, my story in a nutshell. And is that um, something – so you're of a different generation. Is, is the suicidal tendency – has it increased in years, or do you see it coming down as far as numbers go, or is it still pretty much a big problem in uh, the, the states? Um, I definitely see it having. It's been. I think it's definitely been increasing, and it's been increasing among young like kids too. You know, and that um, is really sad. And I think that um, that's a big part of what. I guess drives me to speak is, is knowing that my story is powerful and that I can give people hope because, you know, there is a place for, you know, medication and therapy, um, but that wasn't my journey. I didn't go through therapy. I didn't take any medication. 
and letting people know that there is possibly another way, you know, to heal from it. And um, it actually was through community. Part of um, a big part of my journey was, you know, finding community, self-love through community, um, through in-person and virtual communities um, that I was able to heal from that. So is your audience tend to be a younger audience? What type of audience is it that, or maybe a better way for me to rephrase this is, what type of speaking opportunities are you looking for so that you can reach that audience? Yeah. Um, Do you so have I specific say that, conferences that you look at? Um, I think that, I mean, schools is would be a great place because of the fact that there are, you know, kids um, as young as like 10, you know, maybe even younger that are, are killing themselves. So, um, so high schools, you know, junior high, um, even elementary schools. Um, and then as well as, you know, talking about our story and, and inspiring people to share their story. So, and, you know, publishing your book as an entrepreneur. So any conferences for entrepreneurs, um, that would also be a great place to speak. Are you looking for, have you spoken to, um, like conferences, are there kid conferences out there that you would be able to speak to? I know that schools uh, usually bring in guest speakers frequently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are are there conferences, or maybe a better uh, question would be, are there specific conferences out there that parents and teachers go to that you could be able to speak at and be able to offer that message? Because I would think probably the first line of defense are school teachers and um, youth organization organizers, you know, like some of the service groups, uh, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, things like that, Mm -hmm. as well as parents need to have the knowledge and the information that you provide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Um, I'm sure so do they have, yeah yeah so do you talk then do you reach out to the local schools here to be able to bring that message to the kids and their parents um yeah I mean that's something that I haven't actually done that yet but that is something that um that I see myself doing in the near future that I definitely want to reach out and talk to them about you know this message because I think it is really needed and do you think that technology is playing a positive or an, a more negative role in reaching out to kids? Because for those of us who grew up in previous years, um, we we didn't grow up with this technology at all. We had uh, – <laughs> I grew up – I tell mm-hmm. people I grew up dialing a phone. <laughs> so right. um, I think a lot of what I see with the technology is probably a way for – um, kids to kind of be off onto their own without actually interacting with other people in real time and in real person. Do, so do the suicidal tendencies, do, do they increase or are they reflected in numbers because of people using technology and maybe closing them off themselves off a little bit more and not being out with other kids, teenagers, adults where somebody might be able to say, hey, you know what's going on with you? I noticed that you've been quiet lately. Mm -hmm. You know, ways to help reach out and help these kids. Yeah, I I definitely think that um, the, you know, technology has had a a big impact on our, 
feeling of connection because it gives us that feeling of a connection, but it's kind of that false connection, right? Um, because we're not, mm-hmm. like, being connected on Facebook is not the same as in person, you know? Um, and so I think that, and I know, I mean, even I, you know, I'm guilty of just sometimes you feel like you, you kind of know, like, what's going on in someone's life because you see what they're posting on Facebook, and so maybe we don't reach out to people as much as we used to, you know, because we, we're so busy too, right? Like, and we're constantly um, bombarded, you know, all this information. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of overwhelming. Um, and, you know, it, it really, you know, for me, I have to be mindful because I know that there is, you know, an inverse relationship like with my happiness where the more time that I spend scrolling through the feed, the less happy I become, you know. And so really being mindful mm-hmm. of that because I think sometimes we're not even aware that, you know, how we can definitely compare, like, our current situation and usually the things that, you know, aren't going well in our life or where we, you know, want things to be different. Um, to, you know, the highlight reel of everyone else's life on Facebook, which really isn't fair because we know that, you know, behind that highlight reel is challenges and, you know, unhappiness, things that they, you know, want to change too. Um, but most people don't post that stuff. So, um, so, yeah, I do think that, you know, it definitely is just having a negative impact. And, and like you said, and, you know, just being more isolated and, and um, not having that, you know, face-to-face connection. Yes, I think the face-to-face connection and also, you know, a part of what my concern is about these social media sites is that we don't always know whether we're really talking to a real human being or not. So I think that there's, um, I can see that having social media sites for parents with younger children, um, I just say, you know, you have to monitor your kids all the time on these sites because you just don't know who's there and who's not. So Mm -hmm. I can see where there are a lot of instances that maybe kids, uh, even, uh, even teenagers, you know, who aren't as vulnerable or as um, um, innocent as our smaller children are. I mean, I know that there, I have family members who let their kids who are eight, nine, 10, go ahead and, and have a Facebook profile. And I think that's, um, not always in the child's best interest unless the parent knows how to use Facebook and be able to uh, shut down that profile so that nobody can get mm-hmm. to them that has, you know, some other um, nefarious ideas there. So it might be incorporating mm-hmm. into your speaking some of those safety measures for Facebook. So, right. I, so can we take a break right here? And for the listeners, can you share with them the contact information, how they could get in touch with you if they'd like to contract you for a speaking engagement? Sure. The best way would be to go to my website, which is joychang.com. That's J-O-I-E-C-H-E-N-G.com. Okay. And so um, obviously part of your ideal speaking audience would be parents of younger children or parents of children to be able to see the warning signs of um, suicide maybe um, to help them work that through with their kids or be able to hear more about it. You also have a book, correct? Yes. And your book title is? It's called The Naked Truth, A Woman's Journey to Self-Love. Ah, and so that describes then your own journey through what you uh, went through to be able to come out on the other side. And is it about loving yourself? 
Yeah, it's about uh, my journey. Um, there's also journaling questions and there's practices in the book um, that help me learn to love myself and basically heal from that, you know, depression and suicide attacks. So it's kind of cool because you get to go on your own journey of self-love while you read about my journey. Oh, that's great. And they can find the book on your website? Um, it's on my website. It's also on Amazon. Um, and it's available in Kindle, print, and audio. So whatever version, you know, is um, your preferred version, um, it's there. Yes, I love audio books. I, I listen to audio all the time. I do it a lot when I'm out walking because that's my favorite form of exercise is walking. So audio is always great because you can listen to it uh, in a lot of different places. So congrats to you for audio because I think that's a great way to listen to books. And now, mm-hmm. so yeah. are, do you have any other um, uh, any other audiences or type of conferences that you would really like to speak to or speak at? Um, yeah, so like I mentioned, I've also, because I do both publishing and I, I do believe that we all have, you know, a powerful story that is unique um, that people need to hear. Um, any conferences where there's entrepreneurs, you know, that want to make a bigger impact in the world and a bigger income, um, that would be a great um, conference for me to speak at as well. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so when you're speaking, what is it that you want people to remember or to walk away with after they've heard you speak? Um, really to know that they do have a story inside of them and that they need to share it um, to realize that, you know, we are not going to be here forever. And so um, really thinking about, you know, the power of your legacy um, and, you know, if I'm talking about, you know, suicide prevention, then I want them to, you know, walk away with the hope and, and knowing that, you know, there is hope and, and that there are things that they can do. And um, I think with suicide prevention, it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, we have this misconception that depression is about being sad or that there must have been, you know, something going on in this person's life or even warning signs. And a lot of times I don't think there are, you know, for in my case. There, nobody would have known if I had, I think, killed myself. Like, there wouldn't have been any warning signs because I was really good at acting like everything was okay. And I think usually it is the people that you don't expect, you know, because they are, you know, are good at that. And so looking at it from the lens of, like, instead of, because it was actually when I stopped focusing on the depression itself and just learned to love myself that I was able to heal. Um, because they say that, you know, depression is anger turned inward. So you're actually not sad. You're angry at yourself. Um, but a lot of people might not realize that. I didn't realize that. And so by learning to love myself, you know, it was able, I was able to transform that experience. Do you think that the majority of us don't necessarily love ourselves or practice self-love as much as we probably should? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's something that we know is a good thing to do, um, but um, I don't know if a lot of us really take the time to to practice that, you know, because it is something that, like anything else, it takes consistency, it takes practice. Um, you know, we're not, mm-hmm. I would say we're not born loving ourselves, although maybe we are because, I mean, babies are pretty much perfect, right? And I think, like, yeah. you know, we we start, I think we do, we're pretty much born, like, as perfect beings and then, once we're born, you know, we start getting older and, and, you know, I mean, kids, you know, I think one of the reasons we love kids so much is because they have that, like, fearlessness and they just, you know, the hope and they believe anything's possible. 
Um, and then somewhere along the way, as we get older, we lose that, right? Like we start, society starts telling us that, you know, oh, you, you can't do that or be careful or, you know, we start having fears and doubts. And um, so, you know, then we start like comparing ourselves to other people and, and all of that, right? So, um, so yeah, right. I think it's something that we have to practice, you know, and, and it's really something that affects, I mean, all areas of our life. Yes, I've been working on my mindset and my mind chatter. So when my daughter comes home, who should be here sometime today for Thanksgiving, if if I say something that isn't in a positive manner, she will ding me. <laughs> so she's really helpful to me. It's a, mm-hmm. It's so important, too, that we get into that mindset of being kind to ourselves when we're speaking to ourselves, you know, like not mm-hmm. saying, oh, that was so stupid, that thing I did. So uh, that's something that I'm always uh, looking at. I'm curious, how did you decide that you wanted to go into speaking? What was it that got you started as a speaker? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think I just, I don't know, I always, I mean, going to events and seeing speakers on stage, you know, it, it, I think it's common to get inspired and be like, you know, maybe that's something I want to do. Um, and then, you know, definitely being able to just impact so many people's lives, you know, through speaking. Um, that, you know, is something that got me into speaking. Um, but really when I went to, you know, I had my book launch party, that was my first real, like, speaking opportunity, speaking event. And I remember, you know, holding the microphone and reading, you know, chapters of my book and talking about kind of the, behind the scenes of, you know, what, um, you know, to write my book. And I was, as I was holding the microphone, I had this like feeling of, you know, like I've been doing this forever and this is like really what I meant to do. Um, so that was like that, that real confirmation, you know, like, okay, yes, this is, I know this is a big piece of what I'm here to do. And you've been up on David DiGiorgio's trade, uh, platform as well as one of his speakers, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I saw that in the video. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Um, it was amazing. I mean, I, you know, I got a, a standing ovation at the end. And I had them, like, along the journey and laughing and, you know, plotting, cheering and everything. And um, and then, you know, the best was just at the end, you know, I had someone come up to me and just was, like, so, in, you know, just inspired. And, um, you know, just the people that, you know, came up to me afterwards and said that they were really inspired by my talk. Um, and this girl's like, I know I got a story to share and I want, you know, you to help me with it. And so like, it's just, that's the greatest feeling is knowing that, you know, um, that you've made that impact on people, you know, and gotten them to think like, I mean, maybe people had this idea, maybe I'll write a book one day, but to be like, you know what, like, you're right. Like I need to do this now. Like that's the big part of my mission too, is to create that urgency to let people know like that, you know, there's no someday, right? Like people say, I'm going to do that someday. Well, someday's not on the calendar and, you know, you don't know literally when you're going to die. Um, you know, I had a friend that got killed in a car accident, you know, um, at the beginning of this yeah. year. And so you just really don't know. And um, so, you know, just take the steps to, to leave that legacy now. So when I, I know I always enjoy it after I've spoken, the opportunity to answer questions from the audience and to be able to empower their lives 
to help them to master technology because that's mostly what I speak on. Is that what keeps you coming back to speaking as well, the difference that you're making? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's that impact of knowing that I am making that difference for people. And, and you never know sometimes, you know, it might be years later, right? Like there might be something you say that inspires somebody. Um, and, yeah, I mean, with my book too, you know, I had a woman who went to um, the first event that I actually sold my book at, which was actually the day before my book launch party. And then, um, you know, we were friends on Facebook, and I saw that she was going to an open mic um, event, and she posted that she was going to go and share her story about being a breast cancer survivor. And I was like, that's awesome. I commented on her post, and she said, you know, it's because of you and your courage to share your story that you inspired me to do that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly why I wrote this book, was to inspire people, you know, to share their story. That is a great story. It's the opportunity to inspire because someone walks away and their life is a little bit better because they've heard you speak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like yeah. I said, sometimes, you know, it's awesome when you get to know that, but sometimes you just have to have the faith that it's making a difference, right? We may not always get those stories, um, but as you probably know in your life, I know with me, like there's definitely been things that speakers have said. You know, I had a speaker that actually – was a big part of why I decided to write my book is because I heard this guy speak about, you know, when we die, that if we don't write our story down, it gets lost in the world forever. You know, basically nobody could tell our story the way that we would. And that, like, really touched me and really got me to think about my legacy and, you know, writing my book. Um, And then, you know, later I I posted and, and shared with him that he was a big part of that. But, you know, I don't know that he knew that, you know, in the moment when he was on stage sharing that with all these people. Um, So you just never know, like, who you're impacting. That's right. You never know who's out there in the audience. It's It's an amazing field to be with. I think that's why there are so many people who really want to master the art of speaking and be able to deliver that message to people so that we can improve their lives, help them to live a happier, safer, more prosperous, any type of better life. So... It's been great. Let me ask you this one last question. Was there something that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Um, well, I would have said maybe like what um, inspired me to share my book or write my book. So I kind of had to share that. So, um, sure. I don't think there's maybe just as far as like book publishing, you know, like how I got into that. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, it was something that I, I, I kind of joked that I fell into it because it wasn't something I was actively, you know, planning to do. Um, but it was actually through, you know, through my book, through publishing my book that um, I ended up having, um, like, doubling my income in three months. I got my highest paying clients. Um, I had people reach out to me and say, hey, I've got an event coming up and I'd love to have you speak at my next event. People were reaching out to me for speaking engagements. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned in my bio, I've been on podcasts with millions of listeners all over the world. Um, and then just the greatest thing is that feeling of the legacy, knowing that, you know, I don't have to worry about the impact that I've made when I die. You know, because, <clears throat> like 100 years after I die, you know, somebody could find my book and their life could be saved or at least changed, right? And so um, just that feeling is so amazing. And so having that experience, I got inspired to help other people to have that same experience. Um, So that's what got me into book publishing. 
That is fabulous, and that's a great way to end our interview today. It has been my pleasure to have had you on the show today, Joy. I really appreciate learning more about you and the passion behind your speaking. So thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Thank you again for having me, Deborah. My pleasure. And that is the show for this week. You can join me each Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. If you're a speaker and you'd like to share your passionate message with my listeners here at Speaking with Influence, feel free to contact me. My number is 760-685-1960 or send me an email, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, at speakersguildusa.com. And until next week, I hope you have a safe and prosperous week. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakerskilledusa.com.